Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by National Roper Supply. NRS has been providing quality Western wear and horse tack since 1989, and they are proud to be the number one Western store in the USA. From functional and fashionable Western wear and horse tack to essential livestock and horse supplies, NRS carries the products you need at prices you can afford. NRS is a one-stop shop for all things Western. NRS also carries our new line of modern cowboy brand apparel, caps, t-shirts, and hoodies. And for our listeners, use your special discount code MODERNCOWBOY at checkout for 10% off your entire purchase. And remember, Modern Cowboy is the brand for the cowboy in all of us. Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer. Saddle up old rock and ice down a cooler. I drive that old back road until it ends at the rope and pin. We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs $20,000 horses, then there's my own stick Although we're all the same The minute we ride in to the roping pen Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Uh, excited to be doing, I think it's episode 186. Um, and I, I just want to, before we get to our guests, I want to just thank everybody for just all your support over the last time. Um, it's going on four years now. And uh, all the listeners, uh, the, the podcast keeps growing. We get more and more listeners every month. We got over 10,000 listeners a month now. So just a huge thank you to everyone. We really appreciate it. And uh, you know, and, and, and all of our guests we've had on too have just been, I appreciate them so much with uh, them sharing and stuff. But today I'm, I'm super excited to have a guy on today uh, that um, I've, I've, I've followed his career for quite a while. And actually he's, he's actually in Georgia at his show right now. And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit, but uh, so we're just, we're rolling this thing on the fly. So Anyway, uh, without any further ado, hey, Sean Willingham, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me today. Well, hey, you know, man, I mean, I followed your career, uh, you know, your bull riding career forever. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you were you were uh, in the PBR for maybe 17 years. Is that correct? Uh, it was a total of 24 when I turned 18. Tw- no kidding. Uh, uh, well, tw- sorry, 20 years. Sorry, okay. 20 years with the PBR. I rode bulls for 24 altogether. Okay. You know, it's funny. But yeah, no, go ahead. On the, on the major circuit, I was there for 18 years. Okay. What's, what's funny about, I, I just, cause I mean, I remember following your career and it just seemed like one thing I, I realized, you know, you, you, you got these uh, leading man, uh, good looks, number one, and you, you seem like you never aged throughout the, the, you know, your whole career. And, I don't know. You always seemed like you were always clean. You never, you never got dirty. Even when you, after you got off a bull, I, I don't know. You just always seemed like you had super cool style. And, uh, and I just loved watching your ride, but, um, did, now did you, did you start out in junior rodeo or how did you get started riding bulls? I, I did. Uh, I originally started, uh, 
my dad bought us a horse when I was 12, maybe mm-hmm. 13 years old. I think maybe even older than that, somewhere at 13, 14 ish, maybe. And we had the horse trained to come off the racetrack. He was race bred. He'd come off the racetrack. So we had him, he went to a school to, to be trained how to learn how to rope off of him. And so this was a really high strung horse. And so we figured he would be good for roping, you know, fast speed, get to the cow fast. And so we went some training on him and, and then I tried to do some roping and I didn't really, I don't know. I couldn't figure it out. There was a lot going on, you know, having to swing the rope, you're on the horse. And I wasn't the greatest of a horse rider as it was because I never grew up with around it. And I had no training myself, you know, how to ride a horse from the get go. I just kind of went all in and, and tried it. And I wasn't really, I didn't have a lot of encouragement to keep doing it as, as athletic as I was growing up playing other sports. That was just something that I didn't really, I don't know. I didn't really feel like I needed to pursue it. I couldn't figure it out. It was hard, but even though I was competitive, it was something that I was willing to, I like, you know, I'm okay with not ever doing this again. And then, so one of my good friends in school, he was a calf roper. He did all the events. He was an all around cowboy. He rode the steers and junior rodeo and all that. And he's like, Hey, why don't you just try to ride a steer? He's like, it's pretty fun. And, and so, you know, one thing led to the next and I eventually convinced my dad that I wanted to try to ride a steer and, and goes, go to some junior rodeos. So I started off riding steers and shoot dogging. You know, that's where they put the calves in there. They put the fake horns on them and you kind of right. fall out and, and throw right. them down. And I was really good at that. But uh, it just kind of drove me to the bull riding part of it. The older I got, and you know, age 15 is when I went full blown. Hey, I want to ride bulls. And, and so I need to figure out how to ride bulls, you know, coming from steers to bulls and not knowing what I was doing, there was a lot to learn. So I just kept aggravating my dad. I knew he knew uh, Charlie Lowry, 4L, Diamond Rodeo Company is right here in Somerville, Georgia, where I'm from. And I knew my dad knew the guy. And I, so I'm like, hey, make some contacts. And he just kept saying we was crazy. Don't worry about it. And so a few months convincing him, he finally found a place for us to go ride practice bulls and Shoot, after the first one I got on, I was hooked because I was not good at it. And it challenged me, and I wanted to I wanted to become better at it and, and be very competitive in the bull riding world. And I didn't know it was going to lead to a 24-year career, but at the time, because I was terrible at it, I didn't know what I was doing and this and that. So I just kept, I just kept practicing and kept getting on bulls, bulls after bulls. And then I started high school rodeo and about two years of riding them pretty consistent in the practice pen i got to where i could i could ride i could cover one for eight seconds pretty right. consistent and so i started going to amateur shows high school rodeos amateur bull ridings and next thing you know i was 16 17 years old and i was winning all the amateur associations in the southeast and i'm like hey there might be something to this you know i may have i may have found what i need to do in life and be a professional bull rider so I just kept doing it and kept riding and kept riding. And the more I got on, the better I got, the more consistent I rode, the more money I made. You know, you're age 16, 17 years old and you're making 20 grand. And that kind of triggers your brain. Like, Hey, there's, you know, I'm making, I may be able to do this and have a career out of it. And so I never, I never let off the gas. And as soon as I turned 18, I'm, you know, the PBR had, had been around about four years, I think. Cause I turned 18 to 99. Okay. So yeah, there was, yeah, that was about five years old, and and that's where all of my heroes that I grew up watching on TV, you know, they were all kind of transformed over from the PRCA over into the PBR, and so that's where they was at. So obviously, that's where I wanted to be, and I never really 
had the urge to go to any PRCA rodeo events, uh, even coming off the rodeo world, you know, that's all I ever knew, amateur rodeos. So I went on to the PBR as soon as I turned 18 and had a couple bad breaks, uh, made, made the cut at, at age 18. And unfortunately for me, the week before I went to the main, the main tour, I broke my ankle at an amateur show right by the house, just trying to get some practice and show off for the hometown fans, you know? And right. so that set me back six months and then that six months of recovery. And I still had another year left in high school and I went, went on in it, won the state again in the high school here in Georgia, uh, went on to the nationals and won't finish second my junior year. And so that kind of got the, the college coaches scouting me out, want me to come to school, come to college. And I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, I, I really don't want to go to college. I, I'm re- I know what I want to do. I want to go to the bull riding world and, and start my professional career pretty quick. But after that leg injury, uh, you know, I got convinced to go to college. So I did. I went for a year to Western Texas College. and College Rodeo won the region as a freshman that I was in, the southwestern region there in Texas. Uh, and then went on to the Nationals and finished eighth, top ten. I think I finished eighth overall at the Nationals. But that kind of got me, you know, a good – I don't know, explanation of what bulls were like out west. Right. Because I never really traveled much out of the southeast. I just kind of stayed around here. And so I went to Texas. And heck, I got to Texas and I beat them there as a freshman. I'm like, man, this the bulls are no different here than they was what I was used to getting on. You know, bulls are bulls. The caliber of bulls that I was getting on was actually a step above, I think, what I was getting on at the college ranks. And and so that's kind of what triggered my brain. Hey, I'm I'm ready to go back to the to the PBR and after that year in, in college I, I left school and went to my first event in Kearney, Nebraska. I was getting ready to fire away again and man I had a bad accident. A bull cracked my skull and hit me in the head. And so then I'm out again for a year, you know, and so I come back, I moved back home for a year and I got a job. I was working with my buddy selling feed, you know, at a feed store. We was hauling feed and I wasn't the same. I was, you know, I had a I had a a bad head injury and yeah it kind of took a toll on me i wasn't the same person i didn't know what i wanted to do and was kind of iffy if i was ever going to be able to ride bulls again and that's before you know anybody ever heard about wearing a helmet in the bull riding world right they wasn't very common people kind of frowned upon it if you wore a helmet you know not looking down at you but kind of like oh yeah you don't need to wear no helmet in this sport you know your cowboy wear a cowboy hat right so uh one thing led to the next and Shoot, next thing you know, I was I went back to my doctor and he told me, uh, well, I can't tell you can ride bulls and I can't tell you can't. So I never looked back. I took I took a helmet in and showed him, hey, I can put this helmet on, you know, this is right. allowed in the bull riding world. And and so I strapped that helmet on and I never looked back after that. No kidding. So I you know, I, I never realized that that uh, you had two times you were put out a year. <laughs> And, and then also you went to college for a year. So after you actually yep. were, you know, were in the PBR, you went back and went to college. Oh yeah. So, then so it, how- kinda, it, it took about three years of me being on the elite level. Yeah. You know, after the injuries and me going to school and all that, I kind of prolonged my professional career just to see what it was like. I mean, I had no, like I said, that head injury kind of put me back a little bit and I didn't right. really know if I was still wanting to ride bulls, you know, in back of my mind I did, but you know, you're still, that bad head injury that kind of gets to you, you know, yeah. if you get hit there again, the doctors say it could possibly kill you, right. blah, blah, blah. And so I was kind of on the fence. And 
so after I come back, I did, I did go to some IPRA rodeos mm-hmm. at first, you know, and I got to riding and I got to riding really well, consistent. And my buddy Cord McCoy, he was going to those IPRA rodeos at the same time then. And he was winning the world, you know, and all around and all that in IRA. And he, he set me to the side one day and he said, Sean, he's like, I know you've always wanted to go PBR. He said, you're doing great here. He said, I think you need to go back to the PBR level. You're that good of a, you're that good of a caliber of a rider. I think you should try it out again. And shoot, that kind of tricked my brain. You know what? I am, I can do this still. And, and then I took off and I think maybe one of my first ones that I went to was the George Paul Memorial uh-huh. down in Del, Del Rio, Texas. I won that event and that's what triggered me and put me up in the standings to get the invite the next week to Little Rock to the Bud Light Cup at that time. Yeah. And, and so what, then, year, what year was that? That was in 2003. Oh, okay. So that would have been what, April, May? Yeah. I guess. So I only got to go the half of the season. To the to the Bud Light Cups. After that, you know, I won that event in Del Rio, and that bumped me up in the standings. And when I got the invite and went to Little Rock, I think was my first event. I finished in the top ten there. Then I got to go to Raleigh, North Carolina, the week after that, and I may have finished second or third at that event. And and then it was, you know, I never missed a beat after that. I was shoot, I, I never missed an event after that. Actually, for the next ten years, I was consistent going. Yeah, I went to like two hundred and thirty-one consecutive events after that. Man. At the major, at the major tour, that's crazy. So you you mentioned that you you played other sports too, because I mean you're obviously super athletic and you're in super great shape. You know, uh, what what sports did you play, and and how much you know did that play into you know just your your skill set with riding bulls? Oh it, well, it played a lot because you know I was very competitive at a young young age. I played baseball, football, and basketball. I played all the sports. You know, mm-hmm. go, growing up. Right. And then I got, when I started into this rodeo world, I kind of quit the, not really quit football, but I still played through middle school and all that. But when I got to high school and I really become riding bulls, I quit all other sports other than basketball because my dream as a kid was to play in the NBA. That's no kidding. That's just what I, I wanted to be a basketball star. I wanted to play in the NBA. Uh, of course, I was short. I wasn't really the tallest guy on the team, but I could jump like nobody else's business. Right. I mean, I, I had, I mean, I was very good. At, I was very skillful at basketball as well. And, and I think that competitive edge of growing up in sports is what drove me to be so competitive in the bull riding world. You know, it's, it's just a sport. You never know what was going to throw at you. Right. And, and that's, and that's what I love the most about it. It was, it was never the same. It don't matter if you've been on that same bull 10 times, it was still going to be a different feel the 11th time you got on it. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, cause I've had, I've had Shane Proctor on, on the podcast and I had Cord McCoy on too. And, and, uh, you know, I never really asked this, but do you, do you feel like, you know, like when you, when you slide in there on top of a bowl, uh, do you feel like you're in control? Uh, you know, what percent of the time do you feel like you're in control when you're riding? I mean, never, never. <laughs> uh, no, there, there's, that's true. That's the wrong, not a true statement, but, there is several times that there's sometimes that you feel in you know perfect control right i mean you can be riding one dead easy and then hey guess what 7.5 seconds you're on the dirt yeah and i think i mean i think it's it triggers your brain you know you're so in tune you're so in timing with them right you kind of forget to finish riding the bull and you kind of relax or you you take a deep breath you know hey i got this one knocked out and i always used to say you know you count your money before it 
where it's actually in your pocket. Right. Right. But uh, yeah, that that's the reason. I mean, a majority of the time, yeah, we like to be in perfect control, but Hey, if you're riding a bull, there's, it's very hard to stay in time and what, you know, cause they're throwing stuff at you all the time. So it's a constant battle for positioning, you know, try to keep in the center or you want to be on the left side, you need to be on the right side. So it's a battle for, for positioning the whole ride, no matter if you feel like you're in total domination or not. Right. And you know, and you were, you know, you rode for so long too. And it's funny because I mean, you're still so young, but you rode for, I mean, a lot of years. So you saw a lot of changes in the bulls and in the livestock. I mean, uh, through that, through your career in terms of, uh, you know, what they started doing with the breeding programs and stuff. Did, did, did it seem like, did the bulls get harder to ride? I mean, uh, you know, throughout your career or. I don't, I don't necessarily think they got harder to ride. Uh, more bulls were, they got a lot smarter on the bull side of it. So right. they could, you know, the bulls are very smart individuals and yeah, of course they, you know, they, there's more of them at that higher caliber caliber level. Right. Is all it was that bucking bull program advanced the, the way the bulls buck in general, you know, instead of, Hey, the short round bulls, the top 15, is the best ones there. It went from only having to get on them in the short round to where you was getting on that caliber bull in the long round as well you know, on Friday night, Saturday night, and then they saved the top 15 better bulls out of that right. group for the short round. And it just, I think it just evolved over time to where there was more consistent. You was getting on the same caliber bull, no matter if it was in the long round or the short round. And yeah, most of the time the short round bulls were, yeah, they, they was better than the normal bulls, but still you had a chance to be 90 every time you nod your head, especially yeah. these days. It's yeah. unbelievable how well they are and, and I, I don't necessarily can't say that they're ranker than they used to be. There's just a lot more of them. Gotcha. Now, throughout your career, did you have a, a favorite arena that you like to ride in? Or Oh, man, I went so many places. I don't really know what was my favorite. I, I'm going to say, that, you know, Madison Square Garden, when we started going there, would have been one of my favorite just because that arena and atmosphere right. of being at the garden, you know, that was right. And growing up as a basketball person, that's, you know, the Celtics and all that. That's where I kind of wanted to play there in basketball one day. And I never got to play basketball there, but I did get to go ride bulls there. And it was quite amazing. Yeah, that that's super cool. Super cool. So, um, now, so in what year did you, did you retire? Cause I, re- I remember the incident and you can tell us about it. Uh, I don't, I don't know if you had, if you'd taken a little time off and you came back or, or what happened, but I know that you got injured. I mean, uh, that was a nasty, nasty uh, leg injury. Uh, tell us about that and, and what happened there. Well, that, that injury was actually three years ago today. You're kidding. Uh, my wife, yeah. My wife just sent me a picture today. She's like, check out this memory that just popped up on her Facebook. And oh my gosh. So it, it was three years ago today when I broke my leg, uh, March 19, 2019. And, no it, you know, and I, I never took any time off after that because we'll go, we'll go, we'll just go way back before that injury. So I was battling the decision on retiring. Right. I was in and out. I kind of wanted to. And then, you know, I figured it was going to be my last year in, in 2018 because right. I just had come back from a bad growing surgery uh, and all this and that, you know, dislocated hip broken neck there's a lot of injuries that that had piled up right on me so i was kind of battling if i should go and retire but then 2018 i had an outstanding year and i come back and i was riding very good and i was going i was supposed to retire that year at the finals and 
Right. And then I get to the finals and I'm riding really good and, and still in the top 20 in the world. And then, you know, I got to talking to the CEO, Sean Gleason, just aggravating him one day going to the one round at the finals that year. And he's like, Hey, are you really going to retire? Or do you want to keep riding? I'm like, heck, I think I can keep riding if I could find another one of them big time sponsors to help me out, you know, to go for another year. And right. I was just, I was just aggravating him, not really meaning nothing by it, you know, and, and he took it to heart. I really do believe he took it to heart and we got in the locker room and it wasn't five minutes. I was getting ready and he come in there. He's like, Hey, I need to talk to you. I'm like, Hey, Sean, I'm trying to get ready. You know, give him a hard time. He's like, no, I think you need to come talk to him. It won't take five minutes. I'm like, okay, no problem. Right. So I went and talked to him and he, and there was a, there was a sponsor that was looking at me and was curious if I was going to retire or if I wanted to keep riding. And, and so we had that conversation and I was like, well, let me ask my wife and see what she says the night before. And then the next morning my agent calls me and, we figured out, you know, heck, I'm going to ride another year. I had a sponsor that was going to back me, and they was coming back to them. And I've been sponsored by them before and when they first come on around in 2008. So they really wanted to use me as kind of the, the face as we jump lift the new deal back again. And, right. and so I went with it, and 2019 was going to be my final season. No matter what, I told them, I'm like, this is it. I don't care. I'm not going to go another year. Right. And so, unfortunately for me, in March, I broke my leg. Of course, I'm hard-headed, and I didn't want to go out on the bottom. I wanted to go out at the finals and all that. So here I go back to training, trying to recover, and, and nothing ever. You know, my leg wasn't healing. It didn't. It's supposed to have been a three-month injury. Turned out being almost a whole year. Ugh. So I'm, you know, I come back, and you know, that's where my what I do now come in effect. Uh, after the leg incident wasn't healing, six months out, they wanted to pull the rod out, redo the whole surgery, put a bigger rod in. And then this product, this guy that owns this product that I'm working for now called me out of the blue. says, hey, I have this. I think it'll work. Try it. I'm like, I got eight weeks. I'm flying to Dallas to have the second leg surgery uh, in eight weeks. So, yeah, send it. I don't care what it is. I'll take it. It ain't going to hurt. I know that. Right, so, right. <laughs> so I, I took this uh, this CBD product for, for eight weeks. And then my wife flew to Dallas, took x-rays, turned around, flew home the next morning. No surgery. So that triggered my brain. Hey, what is this CBD product you got making? And and so we kind of started there. And I wanted to know if we could make something to calm the bucking bulls down the chute, just to give us a better chance, you know, or right. even protect the bull from getting hurt in the bucking chute. And so one thing led to the next. And we'd come out with a bucking bull product. And then we had the equine product and the human product, and all this kind of and all that. And so I went on to finish out uh, 2020 come back i was going to start back in february riding bulls again right knoxville tennessee was my first one back a velocity event i was prepared my leg was healed everything was good i was feeling great back in shape and then the coronavirus hit <laughs> <laughs> so and i think I, I got a case of it at that event i was doing pr work in knoxville and i got a case of it and i was two hours from my house i stayed in that hotel room for four days couldn't hardly move, didn't know what was going on. Nobody really knew what that virus was, you know. Right. You can't talk about, but we had no clue what it was or what it was going to do to you. Right. So I missed that event. Then they shut the, the – everything shut down. So I'm like, oh, great. Like, Here we go. Now I'm coming back from an injury. <laughs> you know, Border Patrol stuck with me. They was going to go with me again for another year in 2020 to keep me going, make the finals. And then all this happened, and I couldn't really go nowhere. So I just started going to amateur rodeos again just to stay tuned up, you know, and right. I had two, I think I went to four events that year in 2020 and then the Casper event, they had two weeks back to back 
which there was four events total because each day was a different day. Friday and Saturday was different days. Right. So I had four chances to make it. I come up 15 points shy of making the velocity finals. And then I called Sean Gleason over that. I'm like, hey, I'm retiring. What do I need to come to? You know, I knew the finals were going to be at Cowell and Arlington that year. And I'm like, what can we do? Should, do I need to come? He's like, yes, you definitely. Let's let's make a deal. You know, let's let's honor you and you come get your plaque and I'll see you in uh, Arlington. So that was kind of my decision on, hey, you know, I didn't want to – I could have probably went another year just to be – to show that I could still make the world finals after all that, but I didn't I didn't feel – I didn't have the courage to really go for a whole other season after all that had happened. Right. So I just took a step back, and I had this product, you know, and I was really pushing it, and I kind of had something to do after bull riding career because at first, heck, I didn't even know what I was going to do or – Right. What 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 I was going to leave myself to do after bull riding because that's all I'd ever known. That's how I made my living, you know, just right. riding bulls. I never had a job. I never worked, you know. Right. Bull riding is a job, and it is one hundred percent work every day. I don't care what anybody tells you. Right. It is a job. If you're not committed, you're never going to be at the top level. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's kind of how all it, it's kind of a quick, you know, rundown of how everything happened and. You know, it all happened for a reason. I broke my leg, and the leg led me to this new new career I have now. You know, selling my product and encouraging people, and telling my story, and and showing them how it can change their life, and even and help them out throughout their career. Absolutely. So the company that you're with now is called what? Driven PCR. Driven PCR. Okay, and it's yeah, uh, the CBD it's products, a, correct? It's a CBD product. Of we don't we don't have the THC in it. We we distract all that. We're an isolate product. We make everything in-house, small batch. Uh, we, we have an aging process we go through, and we let it do its thing. So the purity and, you know, the serving size and all that is what, what really stands us out apart from our competitors and, and makes our product really pure and good. Right. And so you've got equine, you got stuff even for buck and bulls, and you've got human products as well. Um, do you have yes. uh, products for uh, pets, like dogs and stuff too? Uh, yep. We've got a companion animal as well. So okay. we kind of go the, the whole the whole routine with it. Uh, our main deal is with the with the equine performance horses. Right, is what we really shoot for. You know, to help them out. You know, for the for the recovery part on any injuries and stuff like that. You know, if they having problems focusing and and little anxiety coming to big shows. You know, right. I know. You know, everybody else knows. You go to a high atmosphere competition, you get a little nervous and a little anxious, and that's where this product really comes in handy and and helps them out. You know, through their weekend. And definitely over on the recovery part as well. So they're kind of getting a all in one, you know, product, you know, with the recovery and the anxiety and focus part. Yeah. And healing as well, too. Right. Yeah. That, that, that's the main thing. You know, you can yeah. bring one back from an injury that we had one, a lady the other day had a bad injury on a horse, supposed to be right out of six month injury. We, she got to clear from the vet in 90 days to start back. Yeah. That's great. So now, when, when did uh, Driven PCR start? Uh, I think he's probably four years old. The company as a whole, four to five years now. Okay. I've been with him for two. Uh, and so he just kind of started, you know, and, you know, the owner, he had bad opioid addiction. He tore his shoulder out, and you know, Mississippi River flood, flood there. And, right. you know, next thing you know, he was taking pain pills and then he got addicted. And, he, you know, five years later, he's in rehab for it. Yeah. He said, you know, the only thing that really saved him was, you know, coming out with, you know, CBD. So he was reading about it. And this was before CBD was even a big thing or, or even right. known. And, right. You know, it saved, saved his life and, and got him out of a bad, bad situation. And 
so he started doing his homework and figuring out how to how to make it and you know he started mixing his mixing his own product because he didn't wasn't sure what he was buying on the shelf what was in the product and he didn't want to go back down that bad road and, right and putting some stuff that he didn't know what was going on in his body and and so that's how he started the whole company and you know then i come on board and i introduce it to the to the equine you know the western sports world kind of formed to really to really start pushing it out there because i knew some people going you know coming from the bull riding world and sure i had some contacts as well and so we just kind of started going to shows and introducing our product and shoot here we are still today still going to horse shows selling our great product to all these people yeah that's great uh, so what's a, what's the best way for people to uh be able to purchase it and uh you got they have a website or yeah our website's drivenpcr.com uh very simple all of our stuff's on there you can you can go on there check us out you can contact me uh, we have another partner, Scott Brown. He's out of West Virginia as well. And, you know, there's just three of us that run the whole company. So we're pretty easy to get a hold of. If you go to the website and can't get nobody or call Levi, you can't get him, you're going to be able to get one of us as well. And, and go check us out. I mean, we got, we got great products. I got some of the top bull riders in the world that are using it as well for their injuries and recovery and all that stuff now too. So we got good things coming and a lot of new products coming out. Uh, for different issues, just depending on what's going on. So we cater to each individual differently. Yeah. Everybody, you know, everybody's different. So Absolutely. I tell you, know, tell people we got it. We got to cater to what's going on with each individual and each horse. Yeah, absolutely. So th- this is what you do full time now, right? This is it. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Now, do, do you get on any practice bowls or anything just for the heck of Dude, it? You- heck, no, I hadn't even. I hadn't <laughs> even thought about getting on one. Well, actually, I did think about going back and trying to qualify for the American this year because it was $2.1 million online. Right. right. But at the end of the day, I, I started back training. I made it about a month, maybe. I'm like, you know what? No, no thank you. I'm okay. <laughs> it sounds good, but I still have to go through the whole deal. I'd have to get on a lot of practice bulls and yeah, to even have a ch- chance to, you know, compete with those younger guys these days. Yeah. 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 Well, you put in your time, so that's for sure. Yeah. So, hey, did you did you ever learn how to rope? No, no, sure didn't. I, heck, I still don't even really know how to ride a horse. To be honest, <laughs> I mean, uh, hey, I can ride them, but it's not right. going to be the prettiest thing. I I made a couple of uh, JB Mooney and you know Brian Canner and a lot of them guys. They Ross Coleman, you know, they knew I couldn't really ride horses. So when we'd go to the Calgary Stampede, you know, right. if you won a round, you had to do a victory lap. Right. So I would make a good ride, and JB's all like, oh, man, he'd be rooting for everybody to buck off, so I won the <laughs> round just because he wanted to watch me ride the horse and go for the victory lap. Oh, that's funny. And then, and of course, I won three or four rounds at Calgary, and I had to make a lap, and yeah. everybody's lined up on the back of the bucking shoots, you know, from them big-time calf ropers and Cody O and right. all those guys. And JB's all, hey, y'all watch this. This is going to be the best entertainment you've seen all day. <laughs> That's too funny. But I mean, I'm, I made it around. I tried to get brave one one trip and, and tip my hat to the fans, and right. about fell off. So I double grabbed, <laughs> put my hat back on, and <laughs> rode on around the arena. Oh, uh, that's funny. So now you, you um, you're married, right? And you got you've got kids, and yes, sir, married. I got two kids. I got an eight year old girl and a six year old boy. So uh, they it, keep me busy. They're in sports now, and we're we're wide open with them. And, yeah. So it's been fun and I try to stay at home as much as I can, but with this new deal now going to shows, I'm on the road just as much as I was when I was riding. Right. Uh, so I'm still going quite a bit, but I do get to enjoy, you know, I, I kind of only do two shows a, a month. That way I am home with them. 
Yeah. For now. Yeah, that's great. But so, yeah, it's, it's been good. It's been good. Yeah. Now, I I think I saw something too um, uh, about your your wife is in in Mary Kay Cosmetics and she just earned her first car. She did. Well, yeah. that's been that's been years ago, but yeah, oh, yeah she oh, it earned, has. Oh, it was okay. She uh she earned she was the fastest one to ever earn the car in sales. No kidding. So and then you know she kind of she's a school teacher as well, so she's uh-huh. got a real job and right. And so she's she did that on the side and and was right. very good at it and successful at it and you know she still does it. She don't do it at that level to keep right. You know getting cars and all that, but yeah she she was very talented at it and she's the same way she's going to be good at anything she does and she's that driven person you know that yeah my whatever she wants to puts her mind to she's going to be the best at it yeah yeah my my wife was in in mary Kay for quite a few years too and she earned quite a few cars including the pink cadillac so when i saw that nice. you know i i just you know i know what that's like you know and it, it's, oh, yeah. it's not easy to do and it takes it, right. and it takes uh you know takes a lot of drive determination work. Oh, yeah. and work yeah like any like anything hey, else why, that's why they keep us looking so young and youthful. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Thanks, thanks to their product. They sell us. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're young and youthful. I'm a lot older than you, man. I'll tell you that, but See, uh, I'm getting there. I, I turned 40 last year. Oh my God. You're still a kid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's great, man. Um, yeah. I'll tell you, man, I, I just, I remember watching you through your career and it, it, and it just seemed like you were there forever, but it seemed like you never did age for some reason. Yeah. And, and I just remember you, I don't know. I remember you wearing a lot of white shirts. Maybe I'm thinking wrong. I don't know. It seemed like you, you just looked sharp all the time and yep. all starched up and, and, oh, uh, yeah. cause and, I, I was taught, you know, the guy that taught me how to ride bulls, he always said, he's all like, you perform as good as you look. So if you show up and you don't look good, you're not going to perform well. And I not. took that to heart. So I made sure when I was there, I always wanted to be starched and looking professional and and yeah. I think that's what, it, you know, that's where everybody should do. You got to market yourself and you don't yeah. want to market yourself at being, you know, Hey, this guy looks rough today. Yeah. So yeah. I always try to be you the best shape and, and look the best as possible. Yeah. yeah. Well, absolutely, man. And it, it, it definitely showed, uh, you know, cause it's, it's one of the things that really stands out in my mind, but in terms of training, you know, cause I mean, you got, you know, you got a great physique, you're in great shape. What do you do for your training? Do you, do you have any kind of specific program or. I, I did a lot of, uh, cardio exercises i guess i mean i don't i kind of worked out almost like a ufc fighter right i did a lot of crossfit training i never lift heavy weights because you don't need to be big and, and bulky to ride bulls it's just right more muscle you have the more stuff you got to worry about tearing up right right so you, you want to be really strong for how you know your weight and i'd be really really agile as well so you can perform and move on the back of the bull other than try to clamp down and, and overpower them there's no way around it yeah. It's just going to cause for injuries and pulling and pulling more muscles or from overstraining and doing silly stuff. So I try to do a lot of different stuff. And for me, you know, the main thing for me is just go in and work out for 30, 40 minutes real fast and be done with it and yeah. kind of leave the weights alone and, and do a lot of other stuff, a lot of band workouts, and box jumps and flipping tires and all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. <clears throat> I, I did used to do one that I was very, very high on at an early age. Uh, but the older I got, the, the less I could do it because it was very jarring. And I would go out, I would take an ax, right? I would chop a tree up, chop a tree down, and then I would cut it up with my ax, and that was my workout. Oh man! And you talk yeah. about a thirty-minute workout to where it could be twenty degrees outside, and you're out there in, in shorts and no shirt on. Right. <laughs> yeah. But that- it, 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 it wore and tore on my elbows and, and wrists, you know, from that jar from beating the tree up and all that. Right. So. 
right. quit that daughter I got. Right. <laughs> hey, so in, in, uh, I always ask everybody these three questions, uh, throughout your career, do you have a, uh, did you ever have like a favorite hat brand? Oh, American hat. I'm about to go with them. Yeah. Were, were you sponsored by them or? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a great company. Matter of fact, it's funny. I just saw, um, Lee Patterson. Uh, he's, uh, he's been with American hat quite a while. I just saw him yesterday up here in, in Wickenburg. Yeah. So, uh, very cool. How about boots? You got a favorite brand of boots or? Uh, my favorite brands of boots would be Rocky boots. Rockies. Okay. I represented the Durango brand for quite some time. And they was always, you know, we'd come out with, with a good cowboy boot. Right. Uh, when I first started with them, they was kind of looking for a boot. And so I kind of helped them a little bit about, Hey, what we like and, and where, you know, uh, comfort, comfort wise as well. So I would, I'd have to say Durango boots. Cool. How about uh, cowboy movies or Western films? Got a favorite? Eight seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what started it, you know, for me watching yep. that movie and, you know, that that's what started me and kind of gave me a, an idea of what I was getting into and, and kind of gave me some heroes and people to look up to growing, growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, you know, you, you were, uh, uh, like the consummate, uh, bull rider. Uh, I, I remember there was a line in there when, uh, Oh, uh, uh, what was his name that, that played lane? unfortunately passed away who was the guy that played lane in that movie i can't remember um, oh luke perry hey, yeah luke, luke perry. perry yeah yeah the line when uh he was telling his wife uh about that calf roper uh he probably told all of his uh what do you say uh pussy roping friends so yeah like you That's never right. you, you never learned to rope either so because yeah. back back yeah. in the day back then you know roping was was kind of maybe looked down on a little bit more you yeah. know you, you had to ride the oh, rough yeah. stuff <laughs> yeah you had to be a roughie yeah, exactly. Very cool. Well, Sean, so you're at a show right now. Uh, and you, what, what, yeah, what, are, what do they got going on there anyway? It's just a barrel racing event. Okay. Uh, Good Times Barrel Racing Association. And they have these throughout the year. And, you know, there'll be 300 to 350 entries over the weekend. So we just show up and uh, somebody got a horse acting crazy and needs a little, little help relaxing. Yeah. Uh, they come by here and see me and, you know, I tell them about our product and what it does, and then we then we go from there. And so I'm just here, you know, to be to be a face for the company and and educate, you know, the people that are here that may have may have seen us or may not have seen us, maybe heard about us, you know, right. just to help them and, and give them a little more education about what our product does and all the benefits they can have when they use it. Yeah, great. And then and this is all oral, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. We do we do oral. We don't do feed through supplements uh, because you lose 30 percent going through the digestive system. So we know we're, we're straight in the mouth, same in the horses in the right. jawline. Uh, and then we have a lotion, a liniment as well, you know, for the more of the immediate relief. You know, if you've got some issues going on, you need a, you need a quick fix. Uh, we put our lotion on there and, you know, you're good to go within 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah, very cool. Kind of mask the pain, you know, so. Yeah. And then we'll get you on the, oil, the daily oil product to, to help that recovery time and, and speed it up even more. Yeah, very cool. Well, hey, man, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and, and, and share your story. It's great, great to, to get to know you, man. And, and uh, you know, like I said, we followed your career, man, and, and I just love watching you ride. And, and just seeing you now, it just looks like you could just go get, uh, you know, go get on one right now. But uh, it's, just, it's uh, just funny. You still, you still don't look like you age to me. So that's, well, good. A, that's a good thing, man. 
I am trying out a new thing. I got a little a little beer going yeah, on. Yeah, you know? there, you, there you go. Yeah, you got the ne- never. I never tried to grow one out, but it ain't great. But I keep it. I keep it trimmed up so it don't look too crazy. Yeah, you you have to get uh, Chris Douglas to come take some uh, photos of you. Some model, right. yeah, some model yeah. shots. Yeah, yeah, tell him to come save me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Well, hey man, you guys have a good show there, and yes, uh, again, uh, Driven PCR is the company, and the website again is drivenpcr.com. Okay, and people can follow you on Instagram at Sean Willingham. Sean Willingham. Yep, all across the board. Uh, go check us out. You know, I post you know different success stories with what we've done with the horses, humans, and all that. So. If you're interested in, in a great product, you know, all natural and no side effects, uh, go check us out and check out some of our stories and some of our testimonies from our sponsored riders. And give me a call if you ever need anything. We're here to help. Perfect. All right, Sean. Hey, man. Well, thanks again. And uh, look forward to meeting you in person here one of these days. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on today. Every Friday afternoon, I hit you up the trailer. Saddle up old rock and ice down a cooler. I'd drive that old back road until it ends at the roping pen. We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs. $20,000 horses, then there's my own stick. Although we're all the same, the minute we ride in to the roping pen. can tell someday I just might be we'll turn a few steers and we'll tell a few lies kick back in the saddle and philosophize most of life's problems yeah we're gonna solve them down at the roping pen Yeah, we don't do it for the money Yeah, we're always broke Just ask Clint what he paid a rope Now he's lost a dozen wives Half the fingers on his hands To the rope and pain And it takes a little skill And a little luck If you can talk smack You can back it up Oh, but we're all friends no matter who wins, down at the roping pen. Well, I ain't no play or speed. But I give her hell, hey, you never can tell. Someday I just might be. We'll turn another pin of steers, tell a few more lies. Drink another beer and hypothesize most of life's problems. By God, we're gonna solve them down at the roping pen. We'll see y'all again next weekend down at the roping pen. Down.